And uh-huh. we on. And we on. Anyways, uh, another episode of Don't Overthink It Podcast, episode 103. Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah, being consistent, trying to be consistent. You know, sometimes life be lifing, but got to keep pushing. And uh, my guest uh, this evening, speak up, woman. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I'm waiting, waiting. This is Miss Gonzalez Ruiz Jimenez Joaquin. No, I'm just playing. Okay. <laughs> this is Lisette Gonzalez, a.k.a. Lizzie Loves Real Estate, a.k.a. Get Set with Lisette. Yes. <laughs> yes. You hear the snaps? You hear the snaps? Goddamn, that hurt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um... Uh, for those who've been following uh, my journey on here, um, she was on my episode entitled Real Estate for Dummies about mm, a year and a half, two years ago, two years ago, right? Possibly, yes. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. early on. Yeah, it had to been like it had to been like two years ago because it was everything was still upstairs. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So that had been 2020. So almost three years. Yeah, almost three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we... uh went over a bunch of things in real estate but in those like during the pandemic and now coming out of the pandemic there have been a lot of uh real estate changes to say the least um yeah yes so that's what we're kind of gonna kind of gonna that's what we are going to discuss this evening you know i'm i'm trying not to mm-hmm. sound all interview ish but fuck it i'm just no, I got it. I this got is it. gonna be a pick your brain session and shit which you love hey. that's one thing about lisette yeah if you have questions about real estate she gets off on answering i do it's, it's i love just being able to educate and help individuals understand yeah. what it is that's happening because i do feel like we make real estate unattainable and something that seems so um confusing and it really doesn't have to be yeah, like like I was telling you in the first time around, like they make it seem like mm-hmm. it's rocket science and they use. But is it on purpose that they use certain jargon that they know people aren't going to understand that people are just going to like nod their head and be like, OK. Well, I mean, real estate, just like anything else, if you think about like the beginning of this country, there were certain industries, real estate, law, things of that nature that were made specific for it. Like you have to go and study and really have to understand in order to be in the know so that you could provide those things. So, I mean, but that's just the history of the country. So I don't think that today it's made in that way. I think we're just dealing with there's some terms, some, you know, some uses of real estate that are just old and that there was a point where it was something that was a little you had to be in the know in order to be a part of that you know arena okay so okay. yeah because i was watching that's, um, that's my take yeah i was watching the big short the other day and uh mm. they did a real good job of that too that there was all like all these extra words and stuff when it comes to stocks and mm-hmm. housing and real estate it was like it's there for a purpose it's meant to confuse you it's it's on right. purpose so you can get screwed the fuck over and shit and that was and that, so surprisingly, that movie was based on the 2008 housing crisis. The crisis. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people lost they lost their homes and shit, and then all of them, mm-hmm. all of those rich uh, stock uh, stock investors and shit, they caked off. They walked away with yeah. nine figures and treated themselves. They got bailed out. You would think the bailout would be to help out the people that they fucked but it didn't it only helped them out and they took no, the bailout was only for the banking yeah. yeah and they said that literally just one stockbroker got arrested just one 
That was, mm. that was insane. That was insane. But uh, yeah. Um, so can you, um, let me see. I want to where, well, let's start off with the, the get set with Lisette, because that was a okay. new term that you introduced to me at the, the little shindig we had over here. And I was like, yeah, okay. So is that what's going to be your, is that what you're shooting for? Like your new brand, your new, like your rebranding? So that is, I don't know if I would consider it a rebranding, but it is, yeah, it is my, my brand. Um, well, it's it is. because it's because the reason I say that is because Lizzie loves real estate. I thought that was going to be like your brand slash so that's, slogan. Right. That is, it's not my slogan, but it, it's just my name. Like it's that idea of like, you know, anyone that knows me, those that are closer to me, like one of my nicknames is Lisi. So the Lisi loves real estate is just exactly what it is. It's my name. It's what I do. Um, and it is a passion of mine. I truly do love real estate and I do believe in the ability to, generate and earn wealth within real estate hence the the instagram name um the get set with lisette that actually got started as a an idea that was brewing uh you know what can i do how can i originally how can i brand myself when it comes to real estate having like you said a catchy slogan um so that people knew you know get set with lisette what does that mean but it's kind of evolved into something different as I am looking to create a community, looking to really, you know, help individuals um, that want to do better and be better, you know, building something of, of that arena for them. So get set with what that is something that I'm starting slowly um, to build. And like you said earlier, like consistency and trying to be consistent with it and really getting the message out about it's all a matter of just getting getting set. Right. Hmm. Um, whether okay. it's a goal Right. Whether it's a goal, whether it's, you know, of course, real estate, because that is my bread and butter. So getting set for real estate, but not just for real estate, just getting your mindset set, trying to think differently, trying to view things differently, um, motivating individuals to want to be better and, and do better. As you know, um, well, you know, because you know me from like back in the day, but for those that don't know, um, before I got into real estate, my bread and butter, my passion, my entire career was in social services. I worked with um, the misfits, the unknowns, the you know marginalized populations, mm-hmm. and that passion started way back in college. And that has always been my why: the idea of like creating an impact and really having an impact. So every job, every career path, every project I've ever gotten into, there's been a certain level of give back or impact for community. Um, me getting into real estate was by accident. It was more of a, I was burned out with being the executive director for a homeless program. And I was trying to figure out my next move and I was tired. And I had a lot of people um, just cause I kept an open door policy in my office. So I um, tended to look more like those that we were serving because you know our community it's yeah. more black and brown so yeah. they resonated more with me than they did with some of the other staff so even though I was no longer in you know were they Karens um my staff was it, they, yeah they they were, they were a little different did they have I'll Karen tendencies so to speak did they look some at them like uh, volunteers some volunteers did I'm not not necessarily my staff because I cleaned out shop when I when I was working there, um, but I couldn't get rid of all of the volunteers and the volunteer network. And so a lot of the volunteers that we had um, felt like they were 
do-gooders, you know, that idea of getting a badge, the idea of like, I'm here to, you know, I mean, secure my spot in heaven kind of thing or secure, oh, you know, charity. get a, yeah. a notch. Yeah. One of those charity type things. And so the families would feel that. And again, the families looked a lot like me. Yeah. So, and I looked a lot like them. So I just kept my door open. And so even though I wasn't necessarily the actual worker or the person that was on, you know, duty, I was actually doing, you know, the higher end um, administrative work to keep the doors open. I was all about, yeah, let's have a conversation. Yeah, what's going on? And they would talk to me. So I would say, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? Or, you know, have you contacted the credit union to get things off? Have you, have you started? And just having those conversations. A lot of the families we dealt with had owned homes at some point. They weren't, you know, like the people on the street homelessness. These were people that were working nine to five, doing the best that they can, couch surfing from place to place, and they just couldn't catch up. And they had owned homes or they had issues and they were, you know, part of the 2008 crisis or they, you know, they had gotten Mm. gone through foreclosure. So now their credit's messed up. And having those, right. So now because their credit's messed up, now they have to put down two, three times more when it comes to getting an apartment, right? Hmm. Um, And as things continue, they're like, we just can't play catch up. Well, have you thought about this? And, you know, just me doing my my job, like, hey, do this, do that. And I'd hear a lot of, yeah, if only I had a realtor like you, we wouldn't have gotten into this mess, right? They sparked it. They sparked it. That's exactly it. This mm-hmm. is my like actual like journey into it. So I, I kept hearing if only I had a realtor like you. Man, if only somebody like you helped me, we wouldn't be in this mess that you know that we are in now. And now we're finding ourselves at your shelter. And I was um, like most women, I was getting my hair done. I was mm-hmm. literally um, it was mm-hmm. my hairstylist. Um, my my hairstylist is actually also a realtor. She has her license as well, but she does so more so for her investments. Um, but she does practice real estate. And she does my hair. And so I was yeah. sitting on her chair and it was during this time. And, you know, I'm like most women, we're just chatting it up and talking about life. And I'm like, hey, that it's so crazy. This has been happening. And I told her about the if only. And she was like, I think you'd be great. And I, my response was, that's not what I want to do. Like, I'm, I look at realtors as like used car salesmen, as people mm-hmm. that are just pushing a product. as, mm-hmm. And that is like the bad rep that a lot of realtors get. Yep. And I believe the same thing. So I said, ah, I just don't see me doing that. She said, well, why does it have to be that way? Why do you have to be like that? And I'm like, you're right. You know, like, and asking the questions like, well, why do you have to be that way? And I'm like, I don't. She's like, well, mm. why can't you help people before they lose everything? It's the same concept. It's one of the biggest decisions most people make in their lives. Why, why not you? And that's what sparked the that's what sparked the journey. So I went ahead and I I took a leap of faith and started my classes and um, ended up taking a contract, a governmental contract, and was working the government job, which you also remember, while doing the real estate though, because that was what I was trying to get into, and that allowed the ability to really focus on you know a set schedule instead of what I was working where you know you're on call if anything happens you are the executive director so you're the one they you know are always coming to so I was like I can't be mm. here and try to start a new venture so I pivoted strategically Good got move. something that was more stable yeah. started this real estate venture and that is actually where Get Set With With That came from so um, coming back full circle after I got my license and I started that has been my mission to help individuals who don't think that they can become homeowners, become homeowners, teach them to make sure that they're exactly Hmm. teach people that 
it's not just about getting that sale done, but how are you going to be a successful homeowner? How are we going to make sure that you don't end up house poor where you can't afford anything else because everything is worth, you know what I mean? The difference between what you're pre-approved versus pre-approved for versus what you can actually, you know, take care of on a monthly basis. Like what is your actual budget? Because those numbers sometimes might look different. Um, and so the idea of Get Set with Lisette is that it's the mindset, it's the education, it's empowering people, it's getting you set for whatever it is you want to tackle in life. And then, of course, if real estate hmm. one of those ventures, being that I'm licensed, okay. absolutely, I can help you get set with Lisette for real estate as well. So my I goal gotcha. is to make it a whole lifestyle. I had a question for you. Yep. That was going to yeah. be one of my questions is, it sounds to me like Get Set with Lisette sounds more... It's starting off as a real estate, but it's more developing more into like kind of like life coaching or I, like a. I um, don't want to call it that because but yeah, that has a stigma, too. I know because that has a correct, stigma, too. Correct. When I think of life coaches, exactly. I think of what? Like a I don't know why I think of a Damon John or like a Gary V. Yeah. Minus all I, the cursing. See, but I like. I was say I, I like Gary V. They're good motivational dudes. Yes. They're to good a certain motivation, extent. but yeah. Yeah. But. Like, I don't know. There was a lot of life coaching kind of has a weird stigma to it. And then they try to like, I agree. They, they try to sell you on, a, on like a course and shit like that. And I, it and sounds more about the course. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And you can sound that. more like mentoring kind of to a certain extent. too. That's exactly it. More than anything, it's more motivational. It's the idea of, yeah, like motivating, mentoring, empowering, um, me, of course, being women, women, but just people in general. I don't want to, you know. I was about to say, don't, don't, don't exclude, don't no, exclude I'm not, the guys. I'm not excluding. That's why I said I'm not. I okay. said me, of course, being a woman, like I want to see, but I, I would just want to see all people win. Now, yeah. I will say, I do have a passion, um, being Latina myself, um, for my black and brown community, because at the end of the day, you know, I do believe in giving back to those that, you know what I mean, need. Yeah. Yeah, as long more as you don't, as more. long as you don't, as long as you don't pull Erica Mena, you'll be all right. <laughs> nah, I'm good. We're not going on that road. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> that was fresh no. in my brain. I'm sorry because she just apologized I today. You. I did see that. Yeah. I did see that. Like, of course, she, you do, she's on an apology tour. Like loving hip hop. That loving hip hop is your bread and butter. But uh, yeah, well, it's not so, just that. I heard she lost other things too. Well, she yeah, lost of, a course. Few other shows. of course, of course, they're treating that. Yeah. But I don't know. It went. It, quick little tangent on that on that note though it was like all right so you're telling me y'all let all that other negative shit ride Mm -hmm. but one statement now towards her and i don't Mm -hmm. even i don't even know i didn't even really see the whole argument so i can't even speak on that but like the words that were said so you guys get offended to that but you let all the other ratchet shit ride yeah, it, it's a pick wow. and choose. Yeah. That's that's how things happen nowadays. Yeah, it they, is a pick and treating, choose. They're treating her like she said something anti-Semitic, right? Right. It, it, they get. Yeah, but it, you know, I guess you get offended for that. what you get offended for. I guess. There's that. There's that. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, and me just trying to share a little light, bring it back full circle. Like yeah. me just trying to share a little light. That's my hope, though. So yeah, I guess that was with that. It is about that, and it's my tagline. Yep, it's my tagline for real estate, but it's not real estate only. Like you said, it's more of a mindset. It's the idea of getting set. I mean, you may not be lifestyle wise, Mm -hmm. motivation wise, etc. Exactly, exactly. So that's what gets that with what that is. Yeah. 
damn, now all I got to do is is hopefully, uh, now I'm hoping you get into stocks and shit so I could uh, learn that off of you, shit. <laughs> and look, look, why I'm one of those people, once I get into something, I go head in. So I'm all about learning everything that I can and then sharing what I learn. You know yeah, what I mean? Let's each one teach one. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to uh, yeah. talk about a couple of real estate topics, too. I wanted to know okay. what the, the get set with the set brand was. So we got that out the way. Yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. What else I have on the docket? Uh, I had the. Uh, oh, have you been up to date with that whole scam with flipping NJ and DJ Envy and everything? Are you up to speed on that whole thing? So I know of it, and when you had mentioned it, I I went ahead and I I looked at like some of the things. I feel as though I can't speak a hundred percent to it because there's so many like layers on on what's going on. Um, because there was a part about like the undervaluing of some of the properties and fix, like fixing them up and things like that. I'm like, well, that's just fix and flip. Like that's that's investor one on one. The whole idea of like getting properties for the low so that you can then try and sell them. Like that's literally investment one on one. But the like the actual classes and then people investing into something and it not actually coming getting to the fruition, return like being part of projects. But isn't that yeah, the that's risk involved in it? But for, see, because that's the part that I was from what I was researching or from what I was hearing on that is it's the part mm-hmm. of like he was telling people like, look, I, I get in on these projects and whatever you invest, right. I usually will get you 20 percent back on your money within about, you know, six to eight well, months or whatever. Whenever I get the properties up and going, he wasn't really talking I about think- letting people own properties. But I guess it was exactly. one specific project that he had where he bought a school. And he had a bunch of there people supposedly, invest with Yeah, him. well, yeah. he said that he also, yeah, that, that, and see, that is like, that's what you call a redevelopment project. Like, yes. that is a bigger project. And when it comes to redevelopment, there's, well, I mean, when it comes to investments, period, regardless of what type of investment, there's always going to be a certain level of risk. But let's just talk about that. Like, there's, for every reward that's available, there's a certain level of risk as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you as the person that's doing it, you have to ensure that you've done your own due diligence and your own numbers and that the numbers make sense so that you can ensure that you're getting the return on your investment. And there's so many different calculations and different ways to go about figuring out what those numbers are Mm -hmm. um, before, you know what I mean? And again, and even then, even when you do that, those are always still going to be projections because at the end of the day, that's the idea. It's you are looking at wherever area you're in, whatever market you're looking at, and you're going to try and take an idea of if we get this property for X value and we do X project on it, we're foreseeing that that return on investment will be blank, right? And that's where they come up with those percentages, those cap rates. Um, you, though, if you're somebody who's interested in getting into those bigger projects and into those redevelopment projects, you have to look at the numbers and you have to know that those numbers make sense. And if and, they don't make sense, then you don't get in. And then and then a lot of people that probably didn't even know real estate at all were just going off of the hype and the, you know, the term influencer. The and they were. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. had DJ Envy co-signing them, so to speak, to a certain extent. But yeah, Envy was what more, I read. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, from what I read, he was also, for the project, quote unquote, that a lot of people were upset about, he's not affiliated with those businesses. He, too, was an investor in it. So you can't hold him accountable for a return on investment for a project that he himself was also an investor into. 
And from what I saw, he's not affiliated with those with those companies. I know, but they're trying to they're trying to throw him yeah. in there because he's the one that co-signed him in the first place, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's it like yeah. a big old thing. What do you have you heard of the um Jay Morrison and, or the Tony the Closers, like those type of guys or Mark Flip Houses? I have. Yeah, I have. Um so I have my own opinions on some of them. I there there are those that are that are, are truly successful and their portfolios speak for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then there's um, now that we're in the the YouTube era, um, there's so much that you can learn off of YouTube, but you do have to have a certain level of discernment because there is mm-hmm. also the beauty and yet the downfall of some of these platforms that we have in today's day and age, the ability that to have allow anyone to pick up a mic or pick up a camera. You know, it allows for misinformation to get around quicker. Mm-hmm. Right, than the actual like legit like legit information, and so, and that goes into even that like you were saying about the DJ and all that stuff. A problem, some of the problems with some of these like businesses and some of these people that speak and some of these is that they are selling intellectual properties. Like the 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 thing that they're selling is these ideas, right? Mm-hmm. These, here's how you can do it if you implement my ten steps. Strategy. If you implement yeah. my class, then you're going to have the same dividends. And again, what they don't talk about is the the reality of time that needs to be invested in it. The the hundreds and hundreds of phone calls that you're going to have to make if you're not going to do it, then you're not going to actually see an investment. You know what I mean? Like the real work that it takes in order to actually generate the wealth that they're that they're getting into. And to be honest, honest. The wealth that they're generating tends to come from the selling of those products that people end up buying than the actual, their own portfolio themselves. So it's like, well, they're selling you a pipe dream, but there are some people that are making things happen. But even again, you have to always take it a step further. Yep. And they all have different techniques. Like, for example, uh, Mark Flip Houses, he's from Baltimore. And he does the thing where he he says he goes to people who, who might be selling their houses and he gets the contracts and he sells the contracts. And I was like, what the, the wholesaler? Fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. actually a thing too. So, all right. So explain, you go to somebody mm-hmm. and you'd be like, Hey, I want to put this house under contract and I'm going to move it for you. Is that how you go up to somebody who's so like, explain well, no, to me here's that, what the ends whole wholesaling part. So yeah. A whole, yeah, it's wholesaling. Like, so yeah. that concept that you're talking about is called wholesaling. And what that is, is basically, yes, so you find someone who's in dire need, right? They're behind on their bills. They are, you know, drowning in debt and they're in a circumstance where they really need to, you know what I mean, make a move before they end up losing their property to, you know what I mean, whether it's foreclosure or the bank or something of that nature. So if you find somebody in that, you're like, okay, well, how much do you need to, you know, to walk away with in this deal, yeah. right? If I can help to sell it. And so if the seller says, the person who owns the property says, well, you know, I, I need to bank a good $75,000. Like, I have to make that. Then a wholesaler will say, okay, I I have a slew of buyers that I work with, right? Um, if you, I'll put you under contract. If you, you know, if you give me six months, right, I will get you your deal free, clear, and clean, right? No hassles. 
Typically, those are like cash deals. So then the seller's like, great. But then what ends up happening is, is now that wholesaler has this contract. He knows that the person wants $75,000 for it. Now what he can do is, is he can say, because he's under contract with this person, hey, and find other people, right, that are looking to, to buy or whatever, and, right. or, other, or even whatever, other people that are out there, and say, hey, um, I have this property. They can add their their own quote on top. So they can put 20, 25K over it and say, hey, I've got this house. It's going for $100,000, blah, 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 blah. Like, are you interested? Yeah. Right? And, and as long as the person who actually owns the house gets their 75K, it doesn't matter. Everything else. It doesn't matter profit. because at yeah. the end of it, exactly. Everything else. Because that was profit. already negotiated pre-signing the contract. Exactly. Like, as, long as, get this, the con- as long as I get X amount, which is what I asked for, um, I'm fine. Whatever you make mm-hmm. off the top of that is on is yours. That's on you. It's yours. Exactly. And that's what wholesaling is. Okay. Okay. Because um, that's the one, uh, the, the cat out of Baltimore, uh, Mark Flip Houses. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's what he, he does about like right. selling Which contracts. Which makes sense because of where he is. So again, when you think about, you have to, so there's so many different ways to go about real estate, whether it's you literally trying to do it for residential buy-in, you know, hold or whatever the case is for yourself, or if you are trying to make quick flips, there's so many creative ways to get out there. And there's so many different creative finances that are like financing strategies that are available. That's all great and well. The problem that people forget though, is the grind and the hustle that it takes to find those kind of deals. Yes. Because those deals are not the things you're going to see even on like Zillow's and truly. That's not regular though, is it? That type of wholesaling is not regular at all. All right. That type of wholesaling are, are individuals that are literally going to like the courthouses and getting the, like they're looking for people in dire need. Like that's what I'm saying. That's Is the that part that they like, don't talk the, about. They, yeah, doesn't that sound like some praying on the week type shit? Or kind of like, yo, I'm it I'm cashing be. in on your de- on your level of desperate. So yes and no. That is capitalism one on one. That's where I'm like it can be, but it is it is a tricky road. So again, it's, like, it's all it's, about it's like, it's like I'm, being I'm, transparent. Yeah, it's like all right, you're super desperate. So I'm 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 gonna fuck you, but not really. I'm I'm not gonna stick it all the but way. But I'm in. still gonna do whatever's yeah. necessary for you. Like there there are like good and bad of those, and I think that that's in any industry. And yeah. full disclosure, I I have had to learn about the wholesaling game because when I first started having conversations with people, um, I was anti it completely. Like because I agree with you, I was like it's preying on the weak. It's this. It's that. But you have to understand, as long, like, there are good and bad in any any type of doing anything, right? Well done, well done, um, well that's, that's a real thing. But I, there is a way to still be good in this. Because at first I used to think the whole thing was just shady. I'm yes. like, that's shady. You're making a, a profit. Like, it's just wrong. And the reality is, is that I've had to, as I've continued to talk to different investors, and I have conversations on a regular um, with those nearest and dearest to me. Um, I have had a change of heart because it is true. Like you can find an opportunity for a win-win. You can, as long as you're keeping your promises and you're on the up and up and you're doing Mm. what's best for that person to make sure that they get out of their circumstance and situation, then the profit that you make outside of that, you know, is just what it is. Now, mind you, people do get greedy. I was like, people do get greedy and there is a certain level of that. But if you can make the deal work, then hey, you made it work. You know what I mean? Well, Sorry as long as the, the person got their money, so you technically, exactly. yes. 
and you did kind mm-hmm. of end it and if you did put the thing let's say you put it under contract for 75 and you sell it mm-hmm. in, for 130 the person can't get mad because they got the bread that they wanted initially anyway they got what they wanted initially yeah, exactly that, that still seems kind of like all right it feels it's like horrible playing, like oh yeah. i could have gotten that much from, yeah. from like the outside looking in i i think you probably more agree with it now because you're in the business so when it comes to a mm-hmm. business of being a shark, I guess you have to be a shark yourself and understand the <sighs> methodology of being a shark yourself or you wouldn't have a yeah. successful business. Right. Like I like to think that I am like the Robin Hood of real estate. Like that's like one of my running jokes, like that idea of like take from the rich and get to the poor. Like, sure. you know, selling X amount of, you know, certain priced homes and doing what I can for that so that I have the ability to make the income that I want to make and still take my time with my my yeah. bread, my passion of first time home buyers and the people that are going to take a little bit more needs like so I have that mentality yeah you don't want to go home sure you don't want to go home yeah you don't want to go home feeling like you fuck somebody right I, I you don't can't. want that resting like on that your is, conscience but that's a me thing yeah that's a me thing like, you think I that can't. that holds you back though like from excelling to like the next I, level of real estate I will say I now having been in real estate for a good amount of years. Like now I have years under my belt. Um, I will say that I, I am going on year four. I have, I've had it for three, almost going into my year four. I'm a few months away from that. Okay. And in that Um, time you realized. And in that time I have realized that I have had moments where, um, I could have made more deals. I had opportunities that maybe I didn't take advantage of. Why? Because um, your moral compass of, didn't agree? Because of my war. Yes. Because my moral compass wouldn't allow me to. Yep. yep. Um, so I have, I've turned away um, opportunities that I didn't feel like, like my biggest thing is exactly what you said a little bit ago. I need to be able to come home and go to sleep free and clear conscious wise and I need to be able to like the person I see in the mirror I never want to ever do anything that makes me question my own character and and values right Um, and uh, and that's just me and now that it used to be easier to be that way because I was literally in the social service world so like we were in the do good business but now you're in the profit business exactly in this business it's it's yeah it's that but and I will say this wholeheartedly until I'm blue in the face and so far knock on wood it it has um, been true for me Um, I do believe that anything that is for me um, has continued to come my way and I have not done anything that I question and the money has not been the money keeps flowing I'll say that the money has not been a put in a situation where I feel like I've had to question or be like, you know what? I'm second guessing some of those decisions. I haven't. I'll say I've, I've left a few deals. Yes. But I do you. believe hmm. that in the end, good wins. I okay. do. I can't help that. I do yeah, believe that it'll still work out. Yeah. Something tells me like, yeah. if your moral compass was, uh, let's say if your morals are at a, a 10 being the highest and one being the lowest, I think if you dropped it from 10 to like a six, you'd be, out of here by now a little more out of here than what you are or you'd have more doors to your name but let me give you a scenario what if like what if there's a certain deal and to you it kind of feels morally wrong but the person's an asshole 
would you do it anyway just to kind of like like yeah i'm getting over on him a little bit but and he's a dick this so is, you feel justified in your brain so doing here's, it here nah, not really here's what okay. i would do this what if it's a what, racist here's what i've done this is what i've done i'll okay. just call him out on being racist this is what i've done thus far um in moments where i i go back and forth right on right wrong mm-hmm. what are the things i always i tend to lean on the facts so what i'll do is i'll i am extremely transparent and i'll say here are the facts here are the pros here are the cons here's what's right here's what's wrong right okay these are all of the information that's needed for you to make an educated decision you make the decision one way or the other and i will move accordingly if it's me representing someone right if if i feel like on the other side they're a little shady or they're a little this then I'm not making decisions for anyone. I have leaned on if I feel like I'm teetering and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is best for them. I have come to a point where the old me, when I first started, it was like, no, I know better than you. Like, this is really not going to work for you. I I promised myself that I was going to have successful homeowners and I'm not going to put you in a position, right? Like I was super like protective. I continue to maintain and keep that moral compass. But where I am in today's, um, industry and in the things that I've learned, both good and bad, and as well as doing too much good, and then you know what I mean, and, and maintaining yeah. those values. Now I just lead with facts, okay. and as long as I hmm. can say that I've given that all out, then whatever decisions are made, then I just move accordingly, and I can lean and rest on the facts okay. are given. So, what about like, because have you come across any real estate agents who are like shiesty like that? Well, like shit, but they don't know oh, hurt them. And- and do you want to yes, just take I like have. a baseball bat to their shins and just you motherfucker? <laughs> or do you want to go back no, and tell that family I, like you know he's fucking you, right? Or she, he or she is wh- fucking you. What I tend to do, I mean, I can't. I just tend to lead by example type of thing. So okay. what and I, I have, have another question some, regarding that, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So I I lead by example, and what I I try to do is just. Again, stick with facts, stick with my side. And if there's anything going on that I feel like is shady, then I just make sure those are the moments where I document literally everything. Like I just make sure that on my side, everything's on the up and up. I can't control how other people choose to move, live and be. So, so are, so, but you're saying though, you are saying though that out there, there are certain real estate agents that they prey on the, uh, What's the word? What's the word? God, I need to study English more. Um, they mm-hmm. prey on the uh, lack of knowledge. Like they, they prey on people that don't have the full knowledge to throw them into extra shit. Kind of like the equivalent of how car salesmen will throw all this extra warranty and shit all there when, on it when they don't even have to. They're just doing it to get extra what, money and shit like that. What I'll say is is that I can't throw colleagues on their buses and stuff. You know, I am in the, in the game, but in the industry, but what I will say is this: I think that there are good and bad people just period. Right. I think it doesn't matter which industry, Mm -hmm. um, what you do for a living. Like there's always going to be those that do it well. And those that, that cut corners, there's going to be those that are hard workers and those that just skate by. There's going to be those that, you know what I mean? Bend the truth and those that live, you know what I mean? A little bit more righteously. And I think in real estate, it's the same way. You're going to find amazing colleagues. I've worked with amazing, amazing agents. I've learned so much. And I really do appreciate that I have had the ability to really create a great network around me and surround myself with amazing people who 
align with my own personal values when it comes to just life in general. But in that same regard, there are going to be people that, again, just aren't they We don't live by the same moral code um, or values. And broken. Exactly. And if and if they choose Mm. to, to, you know, do their business in that way, then that's that's them. Um, I can only ever hope that, you know. Question about that. The experiences right. people have with me are good. Okay. Yeah. All of these, uh, uh, what is the name of that? The, all the the Hollywood chicks where it's all the blonde chicks with the fake tits and all the like eighty million dollars worth of lipo and they sell those huge benches in L.A. One of those. Oh yeah, like um, all those realist, um, reality shows. Yes. Yes. How yeah. how close or how close to accurate are they? Or when it comes to those sales, like. Do they seem like honest individuals for you, even though when you look at them, they're like whole faces fake and everything? But that's just L.A. I <laughs> Honestly, so I my best friend loves watching that show. Yeah, um, and she she's she's a hundred percent into all of them. I actually don't watch them Good. because they are, um, but they not a hundred percent portrayed properties. accurately. But like you said, well, yeah. yeah, you also have to think about the locations that they're in. Yeah. So selling athletes' houses and shit, yeah. Right, yeah. They're they're going to be in a different pool because of you know where they're at and the you know the market that they're in. And so, um, I will say, you know, we in our area we have some luxury homes and, and some other properties that are big. And in those, in you know, when you get to that level, there are like the when they portray like some of their open houses where it's more of like a, a closed open house and it's the entree, you know what I mean? Like the odors and having all the things and yeah. people walking through like that, that is a real thing because when you're in a certain elite um, market, you will move to favor and to, you know what I mean? Bend to the elite and you're going to move in a way on like, what would they want? How would they want to, you know what I mean? be provided service um what do they want to see what you know what you know person do i want to buy this property how can i make sure that i attract those people into this property so a lot of the things that they do is accurate in that arena because they are favoring a certain market and a certain buyer or clientele that they want to service so they're going to move in that way Okay. Um, so that part is that is accurate. Like that is something that does happen, um, hmm. regardless of you know real estate market that you're in. But okay. um, what about? <laughs> you, I'll be, I'll, I'll, this is a silly question, but it, it still has to do with real uh, estate. So I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah. Uh, how about those uh those certain Instagram pages where it'll be just a chick with a bodacious ass in Houston, and she's just walking through the house, but you're really just looking at her ass. Like she's using her well, ass yeah, those, to sell the house. Are, yeah, that that I don't know. Like that is just, I guess, using your but um some assets to you know your advantage. I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's huh. like it's like yo, I don't know. Come on, son. It's like all right. So what are you selling your ass or what? Because you have your real estate in in on there and your OnlyFans link. So which one is it? Well, I mean, I guess the way that they look at it is the paycheck to paycheck one way or the other. So they're going to get they're going to get paid one way or the other, whether it's they sell you a property or you, you know, promote their their other pages. then you know, it's revenue. I, don't, I can't speak to that because that's not my personality, but it's revenue. So, you know, it works for others. Yeah, I just wondered that. I was just like, all right, so you're a, a realtor, but 
super, mm-hmm. super, you know, your GMO as well. So it's just like, all right, so which one is more important to you? Selling the crib yeah. or, you know, your, your GMO body mm-hmm. and, you know, attracting those types of cats. Yeah, well, I mean, that leads to today's market, like perfect segue without even realizing it because it, the market has slowed down a lot. And so there was a stat that was, yeah, there was a stat that was shared recently that like 70 something percent of realtors that were, that were licensed literally in 2020 this year are out the game, if not even higher, like the percentage is high. Like a lot of people have dropped out of real estate in today's market. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's slowed down a lot. So for people who are doing that, like I said, a check is a check. So it could very well be like, hey, I've had this listing and it's sitting here for a little bit longer. I really need to get, you know, if you want to, whatchamacallit, hit me up. But hey, if you can support my OnlyFans and I can still continue to get paid, you know, then great too. Because remember, real estate's commission-only industry from, I want to say most markets, if not all markets, in the country, but at least here in Pennsylvania, we're definitely commission based. So unless you sell real estate, you're not getting a check. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. I sent you the profile of the person I'm speaking of. I'm not going to say that. Person's Lord name. Jesus. Got <laughs> you. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, that chick, that chick has paid for her, paid for her cribs, paid for her. I, I was just like, wow. But it's yeah. like, but you could tell, you're, you're you're not showing from the neck up in certain things. It's strictly whole body and everything. So it's yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, like yeah. I said, real estate has it has the market has slowed down. So get it how you can, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. That's just I don't know. That part of it, it really had me like, really is that what you're doing? So is it what what is it? What's more important to you? You know, right. Pero, no, I get it. Pero, damn, what happened? The music just stopped all of a sudden. Jesus. Anyways, mm-hmm. eh, don't worry about it. No, um, you're I know, right? <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, another thing I had to ask you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to give you like a hypothetical. Let's say me. I've okay. been. I've been. Oh no, no, no. That's what I wanted to get you. So, you are a multi-unit owner. I am. Yes. yes and you have been for what two years now mm, almost almost two years months. so you're fresh two, into years, well yeah you're more more than yeah. more than 15 months yeah okay yes, it has all been right. more than 15. so is owning a multi-unit all that is cracked up to be what are the pros and cons of it now that you're physically in it and you're physically like you're in it now literally Literally. So what is that yeah, like owning I'm, a multi-unit dealing with you know renters and clients so, and stuff I can't speak for all, but for me, it has been, it has shown great dividends. Um, literally, um, my mortgage is, you know, paid for basically. Um, mind you, um, full disclosure, my, the renters that I have in my multi unit um, are uh, older. And so I actually, um, my bleeding heart, this is where I said about like losing some opportunities. I didn't go to market value. So I am not making the, the rate, the return on investment that I actually should be making. But that's out of choice because of their age and being on fixed income. That was my choice though, right? Mm. Um, however, the benefits 
are by doing that and making that decision, I actually um, then learned because the family was so appreciative of how I treated their parents um, that the son owned a you know landscaping company. Boom, I've got landscaping happening. I didn't have to think about. He does my um, winter. He plows my snow and things because he owned that company. So nice. I have saved money. Right. And expenses that I would have had to take care of, mm-hmm. because, again, being a multi I would have had to be responsible for that, their their side of the property as well as mine um, and paying with the landscaping and everything else. So I have found that I have kind of, you know, le- leverage those other services yeah, being that nice I would bro. have had to pay yeah. out by being nice. Being However, pays if off. I, yeah, see, just a little. However, if I went to market value, um, which I will be next year because I, I already have a plan to, to get out and get another, um, they, I would absolutely, this, this property would pay for itself completely. Um, and that's amazing because I only put, because I moved into Wolfie, I only had to do 3.5% down of that 3.5% down because I represented myself. I actually put my commission towards my down payment, so I didn't have to worry about that. So there was two percent right there. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Um, so I, you know, I personally believe that it's been great. But I also bought a property that had been, you know, newly renovated. All of the big units, you know, needs, necessities had been taken care of within the last several years. There was a lot of things that didn't have to happen. So I'm skating when it comes to this property right now because I haven't had to invest any money into it. Um, they don't ask for anything. They don't bother. So living in a multi-unit um, and being the landlord, quote unquote, hasn't been difficult for me because I haven't had to deal with any issues these last few, you know, Got this year it. plus. Well, so far yeah. you haven't. Let me knock on wood for you. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, knock on it now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I, but, but that's that due diligence. Like I looked. I knew what had been done to the property. I looked around before. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I... I did my, my due diligence. And then gotcha. the beauty is, is when I do leave um, next year, the unit that I'm in will be at market value. So that plus the other um, tenants will pay for the mortgage and property taxes. And then some. Um, and then some. Exactly. And they already pay for their own utilities. So I'll, I won't have to worry about that. Oh, you suck. So, you know, yeah. just play because I, I just pay so, yeah. I just pay rent and electric that's it they cover water and everything let me knock on wood when I say that shit because you know times is changing yeah but, times uh, are changing yeah. times are changing yeah yeah because I mean nowadays you can actually I know I know another person who um he has a unit and he's renting it out and we're talking he actually went with section 8 and I was like oh how is that because I've kind of gone back and forth on the Section 8 process. Yeah. And Section 8 actually now allows for um, landlords to require the utilities to be paid by the renters. So even Section 8 is allowing people to put the utilities on renters now. So well, if you, only you are in a dying breed. 38 50 a damn month. Shit, why not put yeah. the utilities on top of that shit? I don't blame them. So now they're responsible for themselves. But like all yeah. utilities, he said like they're paying trash, they're paying water, they're pay- like they're, they're paying all of it. I said, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. When you when so. you got your, your multi-units, so you lived in mm-hmm. one of them, and the other ones, were there already tenants in there? There were, yeah. Okay. And the one that I got, in fact, the, the property that I bought, there were tenants in both units. Um, I wrote my contract that it was the seller's responsibility to give a 30-day notice 
and have the individual out of the property so that I could move in as yeah. part of my deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kept the other ones. Okay. Um, and Ooh, that just he had had this, an idea. Huh? No, that just gave me a question. Go ahead. I'm going to write it down before okay. I forget it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, you're good. Um, so I um, had written that in the contract to ensure that I didn't have to worry about an eviction or getting someone out or asking for someone to get out or move out. So that was that worked out in my benefit that I voted as such. And they ensured that, yes, they did that. And they got the person the 30 days notice. And he, was, he vacated the property before I took ownership of it. And then, like I said, his response was, but then I had to keep the others because they were older and they, they had been here for like 10 years. And I was like, absolutely. It was not a deal breaker for me. So I loved, it was like a blessing disguise. Like I was like, I don't have to actually go out looking for tenants. They're, they've been here for 10 years. They're older. They're old school. They believe in checks still. And they give their rent two days before the first. Yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yeah, shit. As long as they're consistent with it and and they're reliable, Mm -hmm. why not? Why not? Yep, so that means, so I was like, and you're not going to be a douchebag and try to like rape them all of a sudden and do like a, a hundred and something dollar increase or nothing. You're not going to do that. Nope, crazy I was like not. That. Yeah. Like you. I said, I, I, yeah. Oh, so. so you helped Miss. So what was your other question? I heard. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm helping. Yeah. You no, know, because it, it, you reminded me of, of a relative of mine. I ain't going to say a name or nothing, but when mm-hmm. you said you wrote it in the contract for them to be out 30 days or whatever, right? Let me give you this scenario. Yep. What happened to to a relative of mine? She, okay. uh, her, and her husband they bought a house. Right? They were mm-hmm. living in uh, uh, Kings, whatever one of them, one of them townhouse homes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, they got a house. Boom! They mm-hmm. get the house. Then um, a situation happened where, well, no, they had sold their house. They had a house, and then they had sold it, but. They had to get out within a certain way. They didn't write it in their contract that, well, we're not moving out until we find a place. So they had to get out by a certain date. And then they were resorted to living in an apartment and putting half of their crib in storage. Mm. Yeah. So then they had to live in a townhouse because then the market got funky. So they were stuck paying, paying for like a three bedroom apartment and shit. And I was like, so the money I probably made off the house, y'all probably burnt it off and staying in there for like a year or something. But but yeah. so check this oh, out. So they, yeah, that's crazy. So then they found a house, right? Um, mm-hmm. They got it. It was like, all right, good. We got a crib. Good. They w- started moving in. Let me see. They were they started moving in on a Thursday. Like they had mm-hmm. just got the keys and they had just put like basically the basement worth of stuff, like a lower level worth of stuff, like a bedroom and some change, give or take okay. of, of their stuff in there. The the Tuesday when before they um when they were actually gonna bring everything else in, the house caught fire that weekend. <gasps> and it burnt. Yeah, their house burned down. Their brand new house. Oh but my it, god. But it was fully insured. So they got Right, it had to be. They got all their money back and then some. Absolutely. <laughs> So oh was, my goodness. Yes. And I was like, damn, did y'all lose everything? And I was like, nah, luckily we only had like one bedroom and maybe a couple of. So like, they didn't couches. lose their, yeah. right. They didn't lose that many. They didn't lose that much of it anyway, put it that way. Mm-hmm. But but it was a new build because if it was a new build, it was completely, like you said, insured and covered. So, yeah, I don't know if it was a new build or not, but I know, I know that 
luckily they had already paid like the insurance two months in advance. The insurance enough. Yeah. Yes. They had provided the insurance. So yeah. they was a, so they were covered. I was like, Jesus, that was a blessing in disguise. And then they took the money and then they bounced out of state. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. They were like, forget this. This is now we're we're two under. We're dead. We're out. Yeah, they broke even and they you know what I mean, they 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 out of they out of state yeah. now. They 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 all right now. It was you know, it was kind of against the husband's wishes though that the 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 wife just took the money and went and bought a crib in a different state and didn't tell the husband though. No. <gasps> yeah, and it was all like, hey, how do you want to you want to live in blah blah blah? Here, we already bought the house. Didn't give him no choice. Oh wow! Yeah. So I guess well, like you said, so I guess you took the joint money and then just bought the house on her name. I, well, because when they got the uh, the the insurance check, it was in her name. Got it. So she just went and did everything else under. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but not even All telling him like, "Hey, we're moving into another state. You got a month." No, yeah, kind of and foul. hopefully she put him on the deed. Well, no, like, they, they they own everything. They still they still you know what I mean they rocking out. But no, still, I understand that, that but I'm saying the mortgage is in her name. But yeah, they're, they're solid. I'm sure it doesn't matter one way or the other. And they can always yeah later. yeah exactly. Um, let me see. I'm trying yeah. to think of what else I have over here in That's good though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily they 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 landed on their feet, but I'd have, I'd have strangled her. But that's just no, me. yeah. But just so that everyone knows, like anytime you're selling a home, and again, a part of the problem, but that's so as we know, a few years ago the inventory was super hot. Mind you, it's still today a seller's market. Like it's very much still a seller's market, but it has slowed down because of the interest rates haven't gone up. So it's not as fast, but when you, as a seller, have a home, you definitely want to make any, if, if you're out buying, understand it's going to take you longer as a buyer to find the house than it is going to be for you to sell the home. That's just statistically speaking, like mm. a reality. So you have to put that in order to protect yourself and protect your investment so you don't end up on the street. You have the right to make the sale contingent upon you finding suitable housing. Yeah. Like that should be number one. And any realtor who says against that, no, because it's going to take you as a buyer longer than to find a home than it is going to be for you to sell your home. Okay. So, so do you think the the mistake was on the realtor's side on that, in that particular the, deal or theirs? I don't know all of the details, okay. so I don't want to say one way or the other, but I'll say um, that should have been a conversation. So if it wasn't a conversation, Again, that's that idea of, you know, being transparent and open and mm-hmm. maintaining everything. Yeah. Um, you know, as a realtor, when you're when you're listing the property, that contingency might be something that depending on a bot, like the buyer that you're trying to track, it might be a deterrent. Right. Because now when you say, no, we need this, a buyer might be like, no, I want the property, but I want to I want to be closed in 30 days. And, you know, their offer might be really, really strong. So as a realtor, you're like, oh, dang, you know, this this contingency might hurt us. But at the end of the day, the realtor works for you and they have yeah. to look out for your best interest. So that com- if nothing, that's where I go back to what I said, at least just providing all the facts. So as long as a conversation happens, then that's all that matters. Yeah, that you know what I mean? That, like, yeah, because then they won't feel like uh, you fucked them. Or if anything. only I didn't know. Exactly. If, if I didn't know. So I'm like, as long as the conversation happens, then that's, that's fine. Okay. So then, yes, yeah, so, because I remember I sent you a screenshot a while ago where it said 270,000 home buyers who bought during the red hot housing market in 2022 already owe yep. more than their house is worth. 
and shit. So that's actually and that's, that's because facts. of those appraisal contingencies. And no, and that's a real thing. That's because again, um, in 2020, 2021, again, the market was super, super hot. There was an influx of buyers. There was, you know what I mean? Like the average days on market at one point was like 10 days. Like that's crazy. You know what I mean? That's from the time that they listed to the time that the showing starts to happen until the time that they actually accepted a, a contract, right? Yeah. Like that's 10, two weeks max, like 14 days. We're now back at like 28 days, average days on market. But Got back it. then people were doing what they call um, appraisal gaps, which I, this is that moral compass situation. Remember I was saying <laughs> yeah. I would have had more deals, but yeah. that moral compass. Um, so an appraisal is a third party vendor who comes in and basically assesses the home the day for the value of the home, the day that they go out to see it. Right. The, mm-hmm. And they have like a, a slew of, you know, they'll look at about five comps, meaning comparable properties that are similar to that property, right? And there'll yeah. be some that have more things, some that have less things. So they do a, a plus and minus balance sheet to get a quote-unquote assessed value of your home. Um, hmm. Appraisal gap became a thing where people were so desperate to buy the home, they would literally at that point pay the gap between whatever the appraisal value was the day that they did it up until whatever the purchase price were. Because remember, we talked back in at those times when we had the first conversation yes. that a lot of people were escalating the market and paying for houses for more than what they were listed And they for, were waiving inspections right? and everything. And they were waiving inspections and they were doing the appraisal. But what you're talking about has nothing to even do with the inspections and everything. It has everything to do with those appraisal gaps. So again, mm. people paying lump sums of money to fill in the gap between whatever the appraised value was to whatever their purchase price is, right? Mm. Is an issue because what that means is is that when they bought the home, they already paid more than what the house was worth. Because an appraisal gap means that you paid the gap of what it was originally worth. All right. So now people who did that, right? Is it because they were banking on like, okay, I'm going to hold this for about another month and then I'm going to sell it for probably, you know, 5x what not i already paid or 2x it's, it's not necessarily why were they doing it then? They really, why would they do it because they really really wanted the house because at the end of the day it was it was a competitive um edge to is it because the, the interest rates were so low and they wanted to the take advantage of those 100 so low 100 percent. Okay. the interest rates were so low and at the end of the day a lot of the buyers that got in that flooded the market at those times were able to get to the purchase powers that they were getting because interest rates were so low. So they were able to buy closer to their dream homes, the homes that they really, you know what I mean? You had more purchasing power because the interest rates were much lower, right? Mm. So your ability to buy at a higher rate was, was there. And so people, you know, were able to do so. And so if they really wanted the home, that's why the gap. And a lot of people are banking on, and everything is a cycle, so it will happen that with the market continuing to be as hot as it was that, you know, basically the appraisal, the appraised value of the homes around it would continue to raise, which means that their, their house would start to catch up to the amount that they paid for. The problem is, is that, you know, you're banking on these 20, 30, you know, 30% increases that occurred within the, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022-ish. Now we're stabilizing. So what happened is, is that we're still appreciating. It's not like the housing, at least in our our area, central Pennsylvania, the housing prices haven't 
gone down, what happens is that they've stabilized and it depends on your price point, right? Mm. So the houses are still appreciating, but they're not doing those numbers that they were doing just a few years ago. They're back to normal now. So now they're appreciating at a good, you know, two, three percent. All right. Now, yeah, exactly. You said the at interest that rate, so oh, it'll yeah. take you longer. And I was saying at that price, at the at the gas that people are doing and the appraise the appreciation now happening at such a slower rate, that's the problem that people are having now because that means it's going to take a much longer to make up that gap that they were doing back in the day. They were anticipating the continued inflation yeah. of appreciation. You know, it's gonna it's gonna raise again another twenty percent this year. No, not necessarily. We're back to normal now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. stabilized. So now. Your, the properties are still appreciating, but way slower. So it's going to take you longer now to make okay. up that gap. Okay. And then as far as you said, the interest rates were so low back then. So how much, uh, how, what are the interest, what were the interest rates in 2020, 2021, 2022? And what so are they we now? we saw record lows of yes. I remember you saying one, that. one to 3%, give or take, back then, right? They were record lows. I even saw some that were lower than 1%, which is ridiculous. Um, the average that it should be is anywhere between four to six percent, right? Some even okay. say seven percent, depending on the market. Where we are right now, again, we've stabilized. We're a little above average, but it's not horrible. We're at when I did, I do calculations literally weekly. When I pulled the mortgage interest rate on Monday, it was seven point two two percent. So we're about we're it's a little escalated, but we're about what's considered average. The problem is, is because for the last three years, we were at those record lows. Yeah. People look at a 7% interest rate and they want to cry. And they go, oh my God, Courtney, yeah. why didn't I do this shit two like, years ago? I just literally had a settlement today and my client's interest rate was 6.65, right? So that's not, that's average. That's not bad. But that same house. Two years ago, she would have had an interest rate literally half of where she is right now. It would have been 3%. And so basically... Exactly. So if if you're not into real estate, but you just happened to buy a home during the pandemic at that low rate and you got it fixed, then that 3.2% or even the 1% is not changing, right? Correct. It's a fixed rate. So that means that you're locked in at that interest rate. Exactly. So, so some of those people are like, Hallelujah. But then, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But what about the people that just buy properties just to buy them and flip them and shit? Are they, does that even matter so, to them because they're just looking to no. flip them anyway? Exactly. No. So those okay. things don't number. And I'm real big on that. So people that, that are interested when it comes to investing and things, and they're like, oh, well, I don't know now, though, because of the interest rates. Um, a quote that I use a lot, because I'm real big on like little cliches and quotes. Mm -hmm. um, I always tell people that I'm working with, you marry the house you date the rate, right? So what that means is, is the property, the property that you're looking, as long as the property meets all of the things that you want, the numbers make sense and everything happens, that is what matters. As long as the numbers make sense, you buy a good deal. A good deal is always going to be a good deal, regardless of interest rate. Gotcha. The interest rate can be refinanced. It can be changed. If it were to go down again, it'll go down. And honestly, when it comes to investors, a lot of them are using um, creative financing and private financing, and those interest rates tend to be 9, 10, even higher interest rates, 12%. Um, but again, they're short-term 
loans that they could get in, get out, do what's necessary, flip it, like you said, and then on to the next, cash okay. out, refinancing cash out, right? Mm. So doing is that, that, is that a risky, they're not going to get caught though, right? Or no, because they're getting rid of it. They're, they're like in and out. Yeah, it is risky. Um, and depending on the getting in and getting out, like the, the time frame, they may not even be able to accept all different types of fin- like traditional financing. Mm-hmm. Because like, like, for example, for an FHA, um, the owner has to have owned the home for at least nine months, right? Mm. Before they can put it back on the market. So if you do a quick fix and flip and you've only had it literally for like a six month period, you can't even get like governmental financing. You'd only be able to, all, you know, accept cash and conventional loans. Okay. You can't accept other types of financing. Yeah, I'm so assuming. Though, just, I'm assuming the people doing yeah. that though they don't they don't even qualify for FHAs because it's their business to keep doing it and going and flipping and going and, and going flipping. and going. Yeah. Right, right. I meant more so they can't accept like if they did the if they already fixed it up and they you know put it they flipped it and they have it on the market. Yeah. they're unable to accept. Oh, they can't accept them from a buyer. Correct. They can't accept it from a buyer unless they have had a certain amount of time Um, because the government has tried to regulate that. So it's the idea of like, you need to have had this property for X amount of time. Oh, to make sure you're not scamming. And owned it for X to make sure that exactly. Got it. So they can't even accept certain financing unless it's been, you know, at least nine months or more. How long did it take them to catch that, that people were doing that part? You never know because uh, at the end of the day, anytime something is regulated, like you have to think that it's been happening for years. Yeah, typically before. You know what I mean? Like you never mm-hmm. know. Um, but that is a like a, a a regulation, like a rule. Like you can't actually accept FHA financing if you haven't owned it for a certain amount of time. Nine months. Got it. Mm-hmm. Sound like a baby? Yeah, nine months. That's it. <laughs> um, you, you know what I mean? It's got to at least live a full cycle. There yeah, you go. That's yeah, exactly yeah, it. Exacto. Exacto. Um, okay. Yeah. And then I want to get into my hypothetical because I've, I've been on the fence for like, well, since the last time we spoke about, you know, buying a crib or not, like Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable where I'm at now, but my inventory is getting a little too big to the point where I had to get a storage unit. And then I'm like, all right. And so Mm, I started doing numbers in my head. But the money from my business pays for the storage unit. So it doesn't really come out of my personal cash quotes. You know, yeah, it doesn't come I out of that it. at yeah, all. Yeah, it's a write-off. So yeah, I mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, I write it off. I don't even. I don't even see that money. It it just comes out of my my uh, business. You know, my business yeah. account. I don't even. I don't even see it. Um, but I was just thinking like that with what I pay, uh, here monthly. I was all like, hmm, I could probably get something with a mortgage, and it'll be cheaper than what I pay for rent. But then when you factor mm-hmm. in electric, water. I was say, yeah, sewage, utilities, every, everything else, exactly. Yeah, yeah it'll probably for everything. Yeah, it'd probably be either even out or it'd be a little more. Because I don't know more what, than what likely. Is, what is the average like water bill for, let's say, a, a four bedroom house? Anybody, average water bill. I mean, it would oh, depend okay. on the usage, honestly. Because it's all yeah. it, everything is like you know how with your electric bill, it's like X kilowatts or whatever. Like you, however the mm-hmm. amount per mm-hmm. whatever watts, um, yes. and then what your bill is. It's the same concept with water. Like it's like a certain amount per unit, and then you get your bill. So it depends on how much water actually runs and and run. But honestly, yeah. like for me, I barely spend a hundred dollars, if that, on water. Oh shit. If that. Yes, water bill is not high at all. 
So then out of all the all the utilities that you pay, which one is the highest? Electric. Property owner, ma'am. <laughs> I would say electric, honestly. Okay. Electric has gone up. That's that's my highest. Water is not a bad one. Okay. Um, trash and sewer are quarterly, so they're not horrible. They're every three months. And then you have your property um, taxes. And, and I pay for both. Exactly. Well, no property taxes. I have the. I have my property taxes embedded in my mortgage. Ah. So, like, my mortgage payment includes the principal, which is the actual mortgage, my interest rate, my homeowner's insurance, and my property taxes. Yeah. And then that goes into an escrow account, and then it gets paid out. Yep. And yeah, we discussed escrows last time. I didn't get a yep. full, full, full grasp of it, but I, I kind of get an idea of what that is. That's like your little, your safe for your. Correct. For you your can bills. think of it as, look, right. Like if your you can box. think of it as insurance. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know how insurances have those like health savings accounts? Yeah. Where like it's another account and you can put money into it and you only use it for X things and yeah. it's there for that. If you can think of it as that same concept, like gotcha. it's an account that is, you know, pushed to the side and they literally take X amount from your mortgage, from your payments that you make and they put it in this account and then they pay the property taxes for you so that you never forget. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Then. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So with hmm, I'm trying to think of how to word this, if if let's say right now I have a three bedroom two and a half bath mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. full basement garage driveway mm-hmm. and all that if i wanted to mm-hmm. get like for example down the street when i was going when i go on my walks i always like to walk into the new complexes and everything right over there like okay. two blocks away mm-hmm. from my house and i seen i seen a house i seen a for sale sign and even today when i went for my walk i took a different route and i seen like four other houses like for sale and they're all for sale and i'm like most people hmm. yeah but what I've noticed is too, because you know I'm a talker. So if I see a dude in the lawn and he's and he's, I see the for sale sign out. I talk. So the one cat, mm-hmm. he was up here. Uh, actually, it was one dude. I bought two bikes off of him the other day, and he was saying mm-hmm. he just moved in there less than a year. That he had a spot mm-hmm. way up like Duncannon or something by. Uh, no, he had something up by Little Buffalo. It was a big house, and he was like some New Yorkers came down and they couldn't believe the price, so they brought their whole family down. They had like a four bedroom or something and they sold it and i was like oh, i know you got your mm-hmm. money's worth and they were just living and it was just him and his wife living down here now in like a, mm-hmm. like a three bedroom it was like a three bedroom rancher and shit and i was like really and then i was like i'm thinking that all these people that are selling these houses are like older people that are probably like okay we're getting older we don't need to do all this long work and shit like that. Yeah. yeah let's do like either senior living or you know just get something smaller those mm-hmm. people are those the best type of people to buy from, or is it better to? Mm, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, so I, I, I don't I, think I lost it, my train of thought, but I, I just regained it. But go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say, is it better to buy from them? I mean, I knowing the motive of why a seller is selling is always important mm-hmm. out of just um, what's most important to them. Motive, you know what I mean? Motive, so like. Yep. That's that's what I look at. So like anytime I have a buyer that's interested in selling in, in a house and we went and we go see it or whatever, before we write an offer, I typically do like an intro email to whoever the listing agent is. And I'll say like, hey, have the opportunity to, you know, sh- show your property. It was great. Um, here are my, you know, I just have a few questions, you know, buyer love the property or whatever and is, is, you know, interested in possibly writing an offer. Um, before writing an offer, I want to like, you know, 
acquire as much information as possible so that my my buyer can make a quick and informed decision on how they want to move, you know, proceed forward. And I'll ask, like, you know, um, why is a seller selling the property? Like, what is what is their, you know, motivating factor? You know what I mean? So that way I can try to get as much information as possible. Like, are they, you know, are they moving out of state? Like, what is, you know, why, where are they going to? Retirement so or they what have, is it? Yeah, what's the motive? Exactly. What's their motive? So that way I can understand in that, um, what it is that, you know, is moving them. Is it time, right? So maybe we don't necessarily have to escalate the price so high, but rather I make sure that, you know, the offer that we get, and I'll talk to the lender that we're working with, and I'll say, hey, can we get this done in 30 days? Can I assure that? Can you talk to the listing agents to let them know that it'll be done in 30 days? Because I found out that time is of the essence. They're moving out of state, right? Or is it, you know, like, what is their motivator? And make an offer according to that. So for a lot of the older people, they have pride in their home. So you, you know, they want to know that whoever is buying the home is, you know, going to take the same pride in it. Um, back in the day, they used to do like love letters when, when submitted with offers, but because of, um, discrimination laws and a lot of like housing discrimination issues, I tend to shy away from that because you never want to put yourself in a position where you can get discriminated against based upon providing too much information about yourself. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about so, that. I didn't even think about it in that way. Mm. That's, that's how I look at it. Like you have to be careful because you want to make sure that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Decisions are being made just based off of the color green. Yeah, I just sent you. I just sent you to. Uh, that's my dream crib right now at the moment. It, it fluctuates. It. it fluctuates, but that one's oh. like the dream crib, like with extra land and everything. It's it's a big ass house, but it, it, the external garage part is what does it for me because of my business. Like I could house my whole business. I got it. Yeah, your entire business is back there, and, and it's then fun. some. Yes. Yeah. And then not to mention the land. Oh, okay. I would grow. I would like have a mini farm right there with that extra land. Yeah, you'd be able to sustain yourself. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's under contract. Yeah, I know. Son of a bitch. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, could, I couldn't be able to afford that anyway. But, like, the average... You'd be surprised. Look at how much that is. No, I know. But you'd be surprised. Yeah. Just right. saying. All right, Miss Optimistic. On, look, I'm a, I am a firm believer. And again, as long as the numbers make sense, you never yeah. know. So, all right. So if I base it off of what I make and stuff and then what mm-hmm. my my partner makes, <laughs> I said my yeah. partner, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah. if, if she's already in a mortgage with her parents, wouldn't that make it harder for her to yeah. co-sign something else? No. It's, well, the idea is that the income. So uh, as long as her other debts are lower and her income that she's bringing in is, you know what I mean, suitable. For what it is, she's perfectly fine to main, obtain another mortgage. Got it. It's all a numbers game. So it's just a matter of debt to income. So as long as you keep mm-hmm. other debts low, she doesn't acquire any other debts, that mortgage will just be the debt that's held against her. You know what I mean? Yep. Question. Mm-hmm. If I could afford 1700 1800 a month, yeah. would it make sense to buy a home as opposed to renting? For the 100%. space that I would want, so seventeen to eighteen hundred, a person could maintain. Let's say, uh, let's say four bedrooms, three and a half baths. 
house. Give or take, depending on how much it would always depend on how much money you put down. So that's where okay. You, that's where the numbers go. So what we would have to do is decide what's most important to you. So if the eighteen hundred monthly is what's most important for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your price point could get pretty high, but that can fluctuate depending on how much you put down on the house. So like if you did, you know, whether it's, you know, you don't have to do the full 20% down, but even if you did 10% down or something of that nature, as the more you put down on the property, the lower the actual mortgage, the lower the mortgage, the lower your principal, which means that your, you know what I mean? Monthly payment's going to go low, lower. Yeah. So we can have those conversations. It's always, it's a numbers thing. So it's going to be based off of, yeah. Okay. And then what about the, like I always hear everybody saying you get better tax breaks because you own a home. You do. Okay. Elaborate. So there's, there's, there's two things. A, there's, um, there's a certain amount that you can write off of when you own a property just because of, again, properties appreciate and depreciate, right? So Mm -hmm. like normal wear and tear, just like anything else, every year things will kind of come down. Um, so you're able to like write that off. You're able to write off, you know, a certain amount of the interest that you paid for on your home off, mm. right? On your taxes. Like you get, yeah, there, there are tax breaks that you get to write off on your taxes as a homeowner that you're not allowed to do as a renter. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So, so yeah. let's say I'm renting here. So you're telling me that mm-hmm. the landlords, every time I have their maintenance guy come over here and do something that whatever he bills them, they could write that off. A hundred percent. Yeah. He maintains like as long as he's keeping accurate records and everything else, the ability to maintain that property as a landlord, he and he's running a a functioning, you know, real estate portfolio business. Mm -hmm. He has the ability to write off certain things. Now, when you own properties as a landlord, it gets a little bit trickier, but there are so many loopholes and opportunities and tax breaks that you can take off as well. You also have the ability for like capital expenditures. Like if he made, if something really big happened to the property, there's an ability for him to write those big things off too on these ideas of like capital expenditures. It's something that was necessity. It was a necessity for the home to ensure the ability to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maintain it and make it habitable. And there's, yeah, there's so many ways to write those things off. Interesting. I'm a firm believer. You can't lose when it comes to real estate. You know what I mean? Even with it being a cycle of life, like, for any time the market goes down or slows down, it's always going to go back up. For anything that ever, like, it's the only industry that's never going to go away. Okay, optimistic, people Annie. Always gonna, I'm telling you, people <laughs> are always going to need a place to live. Well, that's true, too. And then, have you seen, um, I don't even know if that was true. Maybe it was just a motherfucker making an Instagram video or something. But have you seen where, um, I think it was in Texas or some, it was somewhere in the south, below the Mason-Dixon line. Mm-hmm. It was somewhere down okay. there. And it was a, a guy, he was like, Hey, do you see this whole neighborhood with all these houses? It was like the bank bought all these houses and had all of these built. So obviously they're and they're not selling them. They're only for rent. So there's something big on the horizon coming around. Like they're basically saying mm-hmm. that like they're preparing for it. Like banks just buying all this land or like how that's a real thing. Yes and no. Like some people, it is more propaganda and they are trying to like like sell something. But that's not a uncommon thing 
like, for example, in the area that we live, right, in the city, mm-hmm. like, I have my eyes. Everyone has their eyes on uptown, uptown, uptown. I have my eyes, like, in the Allison Hill area, and I really want to buy properties there, and people think I'm, I'm looking crazy. But I've been watching, and they have redone the bridge. They redid the whole little area close to, like, um, 13th Street. They put these roundabouts. They're planning plants. Like, yeah, when you yeah. see that the government is investing things like that into areas that are depleted and dilapidated, it does mean that that is going to be an area that they're going to redevelop in the future. And that yeah. is something that I'm interested in in the future. So yeah. you should always, when it comes to investments, go counterclockwise. So when you go counterclockwise, like I said, there's so much attention in this part of town. Go to the opposite side of town because it will come around full circle. Yeah. And buy properties there for the low so that when they decide that they want to do things in the city or the state or the government's ready to pull the plug or whatever they want to do, oh, well, you they mean have push, to come through you. you. Push all the niggas push out. It. Yeah, like push yeah. it. Be, be an <laughs> owner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be a, a person who can then have well, yeah. some say. Yeah, my barber, he got a spot right down there where they're building that new school uh, right before yeah. 7th and McClay. Mm-hmm. One of those, not Pepper, but about three streets down, closer to the new courthouse. He has one of those, yep. and he's holding out. He bought that shit half, like a fixer upper. He only paid maybe eighteen grand at state auction a couple years ago. Exactly before that the thing pandemic, is worth and over a hundred k. Yes, he said his neighbor sold for two eighty. He said he's there holding off. He's holding off a three eighty, and then he'll sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was it's happening. That. Smart. That's smart. Yeah, there's a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a lot of that happening now. But that's what I said. But you have to find those deals and know what's happening. That's why trying to do that right now in the area that he said is harder because people have their eyes. Because it's obvious now, yeah. Because on 6 and McClay, McClay, that whole warehouse area was dilapidated for God knows how long. I drove by there yesterday. And now I got brand new clean windows. I don't know what they're going to make there, but... I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of things happening there. That's what I'm Our, saying. The we team only that I work think with, a couple years ahead mm-hmm. where they're thinking decades. Correct. Ahead. Yeah. That's exactly it. But you were saying, so, and that's what people I'm that you work with. I was saying, yeah, the team that I work on, we actually um, helped the YMCA sell the properties um, on Woodbine. Mm. The, the four properties we did that we did that project with them and we're doing it again with some other organizations so, so yeah. what, what is that going to be yeah. now what the properties right there They're on six by... clay yeah oh i know what you're talking i don't know but i've been i've they're supposedly doing something it's going to be like an event space it's going to yeah, be like a, a think corner like it's like a whole it, thing it be called the atlas yeah. or some shit yeah right next yep. to the y yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I said that that next block right on Woodbine, right around there, um, we sold for brand new construction ha- properties. Mm. Yeah, I remember those, some of those blocks, man. You'd be hard pressed to go over it, there by yourself late at night. Now look at it. And now look at it. So yeah. that's what, but that's that's the cycle of life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And they keep pushing people. They're gonna keep pushing, pushing them outskirts, outskirts, outskirts. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. but that's but, fucked up because all of a sudden like yeah. it's like it's worthless we look at it as ghetto to us but if you guys have the power to change it up when you guys want it then what does that say about society period right 
No, I get it. So you could have changed it up, but you wanted to wait till all of us, till you pushed all of us out. Now you want to clean it up, but you could have cleaned it up the whole time. Well, again, it, we live is. in a capitalistic country. It's yeah. a matter of, it has to make sense. It's all about capital. So until the dollars make sense, they're not going to move. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like a new form of but, redlining. However, that's why I'm a firm believer in, in real estate, because when you own, those decisions can't be made for you any longer. Like, mm. you have to be a seat at the table. Yeah, I just thought about Or they have to example. go through you. Yeah. Go ahead. That, uh, did you see that example? And, I, of course, I was watching it on, uh, damn, shout out to my man, Pat, uh, Pat Bev. Uh, he has this podcast, a PVD podcast or whatever, but some of his views I agree with and some of them I'm like alright I could tell that you don't have the skin pigmentation that I have because you look like you look like you're from Venezuela mm-hmm. or you could look like he's he's Iranian he's uh, Iranian okay. Iranian yeah like that's a person um, he's, he's Iranian but if you was to look mm-hmm. at him he looks like either a retired cop or a Venezuelan mm-hmm. drug kingpin like he looks like his okay. name is Alejandro like to look at i'm gonna send you a picture of this cat but you could tell like it was like all right and he always he always has the story like i grew up tough and everything like that yeah but you have the complexion and the hair for the protection like you could pass for a white man easily he could pass for a cop easily with the crew cut haircut and everything like that so when when he has certain people on it he just doesn't want to believe like certain things happen because of race like he doesn't want to believe in that part but he was getting into an argument with uh roland martin about um the housing market and he just didn't want to believe Roland Martin when Roland Martin was telling him, telling him like do you know that like when black people get their houses appraised the realtor will tell them to take their that's pictures a, down so they don't know that they're black That's a real thing. Yes, mm-hmm. because I heard that And depending on the market it's worse than than others. Like there was a story that happened to a couple in California. I mean not California, Florida. Lord Jesus, where that happened. And it was like a hundred K difference. Like it was a crazy number. That's what I'm saying. And and this dude, he was like, he was like, that's a bunch of horse shit. So you take that one story and blah, blah, blah. He was making excuses for it. And I was like, yeah, I can tell you. Like, yeah, you came from a struggling country and everything. But when you came over here, you had the complexion and the hair color, the hair texture for the protection. Like you could easily pass for white men. Assimilate accordingly. Yeah, you can yeah. assimilate easily. You, you got the Amber Rose syndrome. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you could easily That's, like Amber yeah. Rose, even with that doofy ass tattoo on her forehead, she could easily just put on a blonde wig and be, hey, I'm Amber. Hey, yeah. you know what I mean? She the can easily ass- assimilate. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's why. Like, That's the real thing. Yeah. Because because even though you are what you are, but for a, a racist white man to look at you, be like, oh, well, it doesn't bother me because you're when I look at you, I don't see that. So who cares? You know what I mean? It's kind of mm-hmm. like those people that be like. Mm-hmm. Like that, like they they make it their point to say, oh well, you know, I'm like half something, I'm half Honduran or half something. Like you have to yeah, say it because something. you don't look like mm-hmm. it. Like for example, if we were standing on a corner and it was me, you, Flame Monroe, Candace Owens, Riza Islam, and Pat, and they said go kill those niggas. He could easily be like, I'm not part of them. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? I I'll that. help you hang them. You know, you could assimilate easily. That so. That's the kind of part that annoys me about him. But as far as that, that what the argument was about, like the housing market, where some people, once they see that you black, be like, oh, I'm not giving this black person that much money because a, a similar situation happened that to happened somebody for here. So many years. That happened to yeah. somebody here. He was 
let's just say somebody who had a nice, nice house. I'll tell you it is off mic, but somebody around here mm-hmm. that we know, you know, I know. And um, mm-hmm. ooh, excuse me. He went to go sell his house. He had a nice house, built it from the ground up in a neighborhood, and he bought it there first. And then they built all these nice houses around his. But his was the mm-hmm. first one there. So he went to go sell it. And they were all good all the way up until they met him. And he looks like a big black linebacker. And then all of a sudden they mm. wanted to pull out. They were like in contracts and everything. He had to take them to court. Yeah. No, yeah. because I was at that point, it's a binding contract. The only way to yeah. get out of it is within the confounds of the actual contract. Yeah. So they wanted to pull out once they met him. And they saw it was like, oh, it was That's a big sense. black dude. You know what I mean? What like, happens? Yeah. Out of here, man. That's some bullshit, man. And uh, that's yeah. the part that I don't, I don't like when it's like people that be acting like they're like, oh yeah, we're for the struggle and everything, but then you don't believe when people tell you something, and it's like you don't believe it, and I'm telling you to your face that this is what is happening, and you don't, you just don't yeah. think that like, oh, that's just one example. It's not really. It's like it's like yeah. obviously you grew up different. It's, it's just understanding that right there's still situations do still happen and it's unfortunate that in 2023 that's still a thing but mm-hmm. you have to just leave from a place of even if it's not your your experience it is an, an experience in this country and you have to understand that that is a thing yeah but so. don't play stupid and act like oh this is yeah. shit i don't believe you if you just work hard you can get Nothing what you want perfect. no that's not exactly that's not a well it's 100 suit for people with your complexion and to look like you, right. if I look like him, I'd have a whole different way of looking at things too in this country. Right. Here, you know? There there's there's a lot to be said. Like I do believe in hard work and, you know, the the, the hustle mentality and the ability to do things, but you also have to know what part of the starting line are you at? Because there yeah. is a reality that people are not starting at the same spot. You know what I mean? Like yep. some have had uh, leg up than others and you and we were you know it's not to say that people aren't trying they're just they're coming from far behind trying to make up time or make up speed or make up you know what I mean missed opportunities so to say that blanket statement is insensitive to, exactly. to other people's experiences yeah, just, exactly yeah yeah that's the part that kind of I get still it. pisses me off about society now when i see people just do that like that or be like oh that didn't happen because you were because of your race it happened because of oh motherfucker you gotta stop thinking that america is this different place just because it's a different place for you and your experience Uh, you haven't walked a mile in my shoes motherfucker no america's definitely been the exact same since its inception and race has always been at its core Mm -hmm. and like you like for example like you could pass for asian if you change your name to liz young if you change your name to liz young (laughs) you would own fucking three of those spots over there out the south one of those (laughs) Uh, you would own one of those those mini marts yeah you'd own one of those mini marts they'd accept you in there that's the part you find that funky let me ask you about that i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i'm sorry um, no, you're good. You're on, good. on 13th and Sycamore. So you're right yeah. next to the projects, all black and Hispanics. And there's a mm-hmm. whole Chinese plaza with nothing but Chinese stores there. Who the fuck is going mm-hmm. over there to buy that from that neighborhood? Nobody. That's I don't know. You'd be surprised shit. how many people are out there. You'd be surprised. Yeah, but like you open a um, whole a whole plaza and it looks like you might as well have just said, you know, no black businesses here. Right, it's all right. Asian businesses, and it's like, all right, come on, the fix, come on. Yeah, no, I agree with you, but yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Because then, right down the street, there's also yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Right down the street, there's there. also what? Uh, an Asian church. <laughs> what the fuck? Where I'm are they so driving scared. from and to go odd. to that church? You know what I mean? But they're coming. That's what I said. There, There is a community. We just don't see it. That has to be. It's a thing. Because they don't live around we here, though. Know. Or, yeah, but or, see, that's the beauty of real estate, man. Look at that full circle like, moment. Because I'm like, that's yeah. the beauty. Or just like, um, like two blocks over here, that whole new development over here on the other side of uh, where mm-hmm. we live. Other side of Allendale. Yeah. I'd say a good 50% of that is Indians. All Indians. Yeah. Yeah, there's a huge population. That's a real thing. Yeah, I was like, so then how do y'all get the credit and the cachet to do all that? But then again, they you probably know, learned sacrifice. Yes. No, I was going to say it's multi-generational living. That is a conversation I was literally just having today. Oh, let's have it. Come on, let's go. No, it's about different populations. Um, or different cultures, people actually having multi-generations living in one house. So yeah. the sacrifice, like you said, of we're going to thug it out. We're going to have multiple families, multiple generations living in this one house. We're going to have 10 people in one bathroom and all use this bathroom. And we're going to, you know what I mean, be uncomfortable for this one year so that we all can save up our money. We all can pay down debts. We can all have crazy down payments because a lot of those people are then either putting 20% plus on houses or they're paying them outright in cash because they save, save, save due to the fact that they're literally taking one house four families and they're thugging it out for a little bit so you're uncomfortable for a little so that each one of them then can buy their own home and they're buying their own block. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. genius. That's the problem economics. with a lot of Americans, exactly, that's exactly what that is. The problem with a lot of Americans then is the fact that they want to live comfortable all the time so there is no point of uncomfortability you're constantly paying higher inflated prices on rentals and things of that nature because you want to rent certain types of properties right you don't want any roommates you don't want anyone living with you you only want it to be your family or your unit or yourself and you continue to struggle and you never get to save the amount of money that you could if you just put yourself in a position to be a little bit uncomfortable for a short period of time to maintain a larger gain later but yeah. that's how they're able to do it. They live multi-generations in one home. I'm wondering if I could play this while I'm on the phone with you. I think I can. Give me one second. There's this quote that it, it goes mm-hmm. to exactly what we are talking about. And he, he kind of, he didn't take a shot at Jewish people. He didn't, not, not technically, but he said something and it was, it was something along the lines of, have you ever seen a, a, a poor Jewish neighborhood. He was like, yeah, neither have I, but this is why. And then he gave a great, great example. Here it goes. I'm about to pull it up right now. Bear with me two seconds, but I Mm want to know, I just want to know if you agree with this. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Better. Yeah. I'm glad that we got into, uh, other types of, uh, combos. You know what? Let me just forward this. That way it'll be fresh in the, in the feed. There we go. And this guy is an African dude, and he was mm-hmm. he was talking about. Here it is. All right, I'm gonna play this. I don't know if you can hear it. 
you think there is no country in the world where Jewish people are poor? You think that's by mistake? Mm -hmm. Just think about that logically. Why do you think even in our own communities, Indians, specifically Asian Indians who are Muslim, are phenomenal business people? You think that's by mistake? Mm -hmm. No, it's because the grandfather started with a, with a dry cleaner. When the grandfather passed, he left the dry cleaner to, to the father who created a fast food and the dry cleaner. The father leaves the fast food and the dry cleaner with the son who then creates a hardware store. By the time you go to the township, they've got the entire block and they're running. Radical Something. economic transformation starts in the mind. We have to start as black people by understanding you're not going to get a Range Rover tomorrow no. start where you are do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do mm. yeah facts yeah facts Kellerman that's right exactly there. it yeah no that's exactly it do what you have to do so that you can do what you want to do that's exactly it I'm going to maintain that quote please yeah. tell me who to I'll write it on the wall I, I'm going to forward it to you <laughs> you know I'm forwarding it to you right yeah. now yeah, but I saw but that. No, I was all like, that it. made so much sense because they know sacrifice. Like how when we in school, mm -hmm. we used to make fun of the Asians or the Indians. Like, yeah, that's why a hundred of y'all living in, in one apartment and shit. It's like, yeah, but think about if all of them make $18 an hour. Exactly. The rent And then to they them, all put it together. Yes. Exactly. And then they just keep going from there. So he, so the one owns a 7-Eleven. The other one probably owns another one and then they own five right. next thing you know they buy a small hotel then next thing you know that mm -hmm. hotel grows and then they keep going and going and going and they might probably have to sacrifice for a little bit but also exactly too it. though but the racial component is in there too though because they get they get tax breaks indians get tax breaks coming over here and everything and they could walk right. into a bank with the you know what i mean they have the kind of yeah. like the complexion for the protection too like we'll agree with like like a, a white dude to be like, all right, you're you're a sand nigger, but you're not a nigger nigger. So we'll fuck with you, as long as you don't fuck with them. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's how I think. Though. I, I I think kind of rude and jaded and ignorant sometimes, but yeah, it's not okay. it's not from you know from seeing it's but it ain't coming out of nowhere. Put it that way, you know. No, I get I've that. Seen things I definitely firsthand. understand. That. Yeah, I definitely understand, yeah. and I I don't think that. The the quote unquote game is rigged. You just have to learn to play it. Like there are ways to still play. You just have yeah. to learn it. And at the end of the day, when it comes to people like you said that are disenfranchised, that already have, you know, what I mean, like yeah. um, they're starting further behind. They're not getting the same opportunities. You just have to again find who your people are, are surround yourself with those people, and still maintain the, the ability to do the hustle and keep looking for those opportunities to, mm -hmm. like I said, gain right. ownership. Owning is, you know, the ability to get things started. So, yeah, that's why you um, need to identify as Asian and call yourself Liz Wang. Ah, and you would easily get a that. spot in Chinatown. You would get easily get one. Quick. That's not on the card. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> Liz Wang. All you do is have to straighten your hair out. You're already chinky-eyed, and they already think you're already Asian anyway because you're already petite. Sit. That's fair. That's how many, fair. How many times a that day? Is. How many times a day people think you're Asian? I don't know about how many times a day, but I do get it a lot. Depending on your hair, that, right? Depending on the way you depends, wear your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, even with me wearing it naturally curly, I get it a lot. But like you said, depending on how it is, I get it more than others. Depending yeah. on my look. Yeah. Yeah true straighten your shit out go up top you'll easily easily yeah use that i privilege. do get it a lot though yeah. did you hear about that? no i will not do that though <laughs> did you hear about the hustle and like the whole billionaires row hustle that they do i did not where they like um 
rich investors from other countries, they come and just buy these like 15 million, 20 million dollar apartments in New York, these high and these high rises and nobody lives in them. And then what they mm-hmm. do is they take out a loan on the property, on the, the property. value of it, and they invest that in the stock market can. to make money. And that's how you rent yep. your money. Yeah. That's 100% a reality. Yeah, the ability to actually, that's that's why ownership is so important. Cause use the, the equity for other loan things. And use the equity for other things. Is, that's a real thing. That has been happening forever. Mm. It's genius. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they haven't regulated that yet. Or maybe because the people that are doing it are the ones that do the regulating. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, people that, yeah. Once you learn how to play. Yeah. Capitalism. As it gets. As it's finest. Yep. Mm-hmm. As others start to use it, I'm sure that things will change. But you always just have to find. That's just anything. You have to find yeah. the way, the the way to Loop play. Hole. And if, if they change it, find another. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's what we've always done. True, true. So, okay, yeah, we, can't we, lose. Yeah, we wrap it up a little bit. But speaking of now, that I brought up to okay. New York, and I was talking about billionaires row and everything. And yesterday was nine eleven. Was September eleventh, yeah. which was. That I don't know for some reason. Like I wasn't even in New York the day that it happened, but I saw the second tower hit in real time, like from where mm-hmm. I was at, and I just saw like the whole mm-hmm. day change from when I when we first had it on the screens to like as the day progressed, it just got eerier and eerier, and it was just weird. I even had yeah. I even had nightmares like where I woke up on the top of the shit. Oh wow! Like, on the roof, looking yeah. down, seeing it on fire, and there's no way I can get down. Yeah. It's that's just, the real thing. Yeah, I've had nightmares about that. Crazy. Right? And I have a thing about no, heights already. Thing. Yeah, I have a thing about heights already and shit. So that was just weird. It makes my thighs like, like not tremble, <laughs> but just like, ugh, yeah, nerves. Yeah, that's bad. But no, the nerves are real. Nine eleven. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then yesterday I was watching all of these like the the like stories of of people who survived it from like mm-hmm. they were up on like the like ninetieth floor and they survived and made it down. Or it mm. was just like. Why am I putting myself through this shit? Let me go watch some porn. Right, or you're, you're, I was gonna say you're, you're going down a long rabbit hole there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to it, go it's still tragic. Yeah, I had to go yeah. look at something else. Shit, pero um, I wanted to that. ask where were you on that day? Because let me see, I was. Let me see, yeah, I was working at Elephant Castle over there across the river, New Cumberland, when it happened, and, mm-hmm. I, and we had screens on every corner of the restaurant, so. You know, in the morning, I usually put the news and I just saw it. Yes. I was like, oh, shit. Me? I was literally in English class in high school. Um, John Harris? I, I, was, I was a sophomore. Yep. At John Harris. I was a sophomore in high school. Mm. And um, when it happened, I, we were already in school and they locked down the school. And I remember we were in the middle when it, when the second one hit, we were in the middle of changing classes. And so when I went to my second period class, um, they just, the news, they, you know, the old, you know, rolling out of the TVs yeah. and things of that nature. The, yeah. So the TVs were turned on and that's all we watched. The whole day, And then we right? had the same school. Yeah. Well, and then we ended up getting released. I remember we ended up getting out early. Um, because of it but it went it was crazy how it shifted it went from like complete lockdown to then like automatic like um everyone left early and it was like go back and go with your family type thing and then yeah it was yeah yeah, it was crazy but that's where i was i was a sophomore sophomore in high school and when it when the first hit i was in english class and then i we did a period change and then it was just lockdown no one no period changes we all stayed where we were 
we waited to hear what was happening because then the thing that with the Pennsylvania part happened where, you know how the, the third one ended up landing yeah. in or some crashing, farm and yeah. crashing in somewhere in Pennsylvania. Somerset, somewhere, um, I forget where, yeah. Yeah, some, it was somewhere. I just remember being in, in our state. So there was this whole thing of us, you know, being on lockdown mm-hmm. and then they just released our all the students early. That was that was That's a strange, me. eerie ass day, man. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy how you can life events you can remember. Oh my god! Literally, the ones, yeah, that the one moment. and the Columbine yeah. school shooting; those two resonate with me all yep. body. Yep, it's crazy how those things work. Yeah, yeah. I was a sophomore, sophomore for for nine eleven, sophomore oh, in high yeah. school, and oh, still god. remember. Damn! So you must have been in like middle school when the Columbine shit happened because that was like ninety. I was. What year was yeah, I was 90. in like seventh or eighth grade. It was ninety eight, yeah. I believe, because I was yeah. in seventh grade. Yeah, that one was yeah. was crazy too. Because I was just like, "Damn, man, how bad you get bullied that you got to go there." That part I remember. Yeah, yeah. I always. That thing is, is, it's becoming more common now. I know, and I used to make a joke about that shit. Like when I got older, I was all like, "Shit, I wanted to do that too. I just didn't have the balls or the guns." There was a couple of people I wanted to fucking end when I was in high school just because no. of bullying and shit. But then now, then now I see them, they're broken, poor, catching the bus. And I'm like, ha I won. So, <laughs> I was going to say life always has a way of catching yeah. up. I've never been that way, but I think it's because I've always, I've always yeah. had, like you said, this positive mindset of like, good for you. I don't know if it's any positive. I just, I'm to me, it's more what goes around, comes yeah. around. Yeah, I've, I'm a, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm a karma. And spiteful. Yeah, well, I've I've seen karma come I'm, back and bite people in the ass, but then some of them, I got my own personal revenge, which I'm not going to disclose no, on me, this podcast. No, don't, don't, don't. But no, me, <laughs> I'm a firm believer of karma, and I yeah. I rest in it. Yeah. I'm a firm believer of it, and I rest in that. Like, yeah. let of- let me do what's right for me. Know that I'm I'm in the right, and that I'm doing things right, and I'm moving right, and let the good that's meant to come back to me come back to me tenfold, True. and protect me from anything bad. That's yeah. how I live. I was yeah, I was thinking about that yesterday. Like, well, karma one and two. Like, if if you're still an atheist after seeing that shit happen on in 2001, mm-hmm. like something's wrong with you because. There has to be people that are pure evil to let that shit happen, especially if it really comes out. If it comes out to like, let me, when Remy's a grandfather, that it was all like the dudes on their deathbed and shit. George Bush is on the deathbed, be like, yeah, we did that shit for money and to start up the the war and to get money enough so we could fund mm. the Patriot Act and everything like that. If they do all, if that shit comes out, I was like, Jesus Christ. If they did no, all that shit for money, that's just that's uh, a whole different level of evil. Yes. Yeah, I'm saying. I'm wondering if people like that do or pull off evil acts like that. Do they even think of not even karma, just bad energy coming back to you for just giving that out? You know, I don't know. Yeah, or I don't. Ask for forgiveness, don't know. or depending on your religious beliefs. You I was know, gonna say some people they, feel like like if it really was like jihad is a real thing that idea of like you know what I mean the like yeah. you know what I mean yeah but I still Take don't think I, I still don't think of, a dude over there in a the cave with a laptop orchestrated that whole thing by himself I don't believe that at all I that's just me. I don't I try not to get into those conspiracy theories yeah. but I get it you can't because it it but it is another rabbit hole yeah but I'm like yeah, I get and it the whole insurance part how the dude that bought mm-hmm. the towers took out an insurance policy and made sure he included terrorism into it and then he made mm-hmm. you know 2.3 trill 
Yeah, he made but it yet, but yet, all the firefighters and stuff are still fighting for their health benefits a decade and mm-hmm. some change late, two decades later. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah capitalism no, at its finest, like you said, full circle with that shit. Full circle with that too, because it is for everything good, there is something bad. Yeah, yep, that is a definite real thing. Yeah, but right. who knows? You know, yeah, right. let's keep doing good and keep owning, and we can yeah. change it a little. Yeah. Who knows? Rest in peace to all the people. Who lost yeah. their lives on that tragic day. That was bad. My uh, a cousin of ours, uh, David Estrella, he was on. It was a 13th or 32nd floor of the second of the South Tower. He got out though, uh, but they, uh, they uh, he, I, I heard he wasn't functioning too well after that to the point where they just upped and moved from Florida. Lived in New York their whole lives. That fuck it, and all moved to Florida. Hey, sometimes yeah. that's what you need. Yeah, man. a whole new environment. Because yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But, we, uh, we have a response, and it's been years, and we weren't there. I can't imagine actually having been there. I, that's what that's I'm a saying. whole different level. Yeah. 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 And I know. <laughs> we went, let me see that happened. It happened in September. We went, we drove up there, uh, me, Dula, and his cousin. We drove up there in November, right after that happened. And when we mm. got, got like close to the turnpike or whatever, you know, you could see it from Jersey. Mm-hmm. They're like, they yeah. like, damn man, they done fucked up the skyline, man. They can't even huh. see shit. <laughs> that part, <laughs> like, that, yeah, yeah, whole that's different what, skyline. Yeah, yeah, because they had they were living down here at that time, and then he was like, yo, man, I've been mm-hmm. up here, I've never seen it this crazy in my life. How the mm. security was still up, like they were still on on paranoid. So, yeah, absolutely, that's yeah. a real thing. Yeah, pero, uh, <laughs> all right, well, uh. Thank you for, uh, you know, letting me pick your brain yeah. and, and, you know, chopping it 100%. up with me this hour and 48 minutes. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And luckily, me and you both work for ourselves, so we don't have to worry about getting up and clocking in somewhere. Thank God. <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah. I have appointments, but it's all good things. Yeah. 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 Um, well, uh, get everybody out there, uh, go follow Lisette at. Go ahead. Say it. I, I was going to let you say it. Yeah. So my, my Instagram is Lisi underscore loves underscore real estate on Instagram. And yeah, I don't do Twitter, but it's the same on Twitter. But just follow yeah. me on Instagram. And Lisi is, <laughs> like, Lisi is not L L I S S Y. Yes. Because yes. you know certain L-I-S-S-Y. foreigners, they don't understand Lisi is short for Lisette. So they're probably thinking L-E-E-Z-Z-Y, like Lisi Yeezy, No. That's why I asked you to spell it. L-I-S-S-Y. Yep. All right. It's yeah. Lissy, so, underscore loves underscore rhythm. Yeah, Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. But we're mm-hmm. asked, yes. Oh, and did Absolutely. you? Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. Did you know 85% of home buyers think that buying a home is still a good financial investment? Yeah. yeah. No. It's still Excuse a good me. financial investment. Yes. 100%. And I yep. totally believe you. I totally believe you. But we're, like is. I said, like I said, when I'm ready, I will come to you. I'm there. And I will be ready, gotcha. but I'm not a pushy person. So it's when you're ready, right. and it'll be right. Uh, yeah, but sometimes the I numbers need have to make sense. Yeah, sometimes I need motivation. I got you. The numbers make sense. All right, and we, we gonna get we on gotta, it. We gotta, yeah, we gotta arrange an appointment and shit. Come through. Yes. Have some vegan shit prepared, and you know, a little piece of fish, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we can go. chop it up and crunch some numbers. But uh, <laughs> crunch numbers. Numbers always have to make sense. Thank you, Lisette Gonzalez Ruiz Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Gomez, <laughs> Rodriguez, 
No, I'm just like, thank you for no. uh, for coming on and shit. Now you uh, take your ass to bed with your dude. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> I know he's probably like, bitch, don't hurry the fuck up. <laughs> he's understanding he's great he's cool, great but cool. yeah it's been a, uh, another episode of the don't overthink it podcast thank you Lissette if you have any other real estate questions DM her <laughs> yes please All right, till, I'm here yep until the next time I'm gonna leave y'all with this instrumental peace it's time to get away we gotta get props we gotta get away